What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of It's the Juan and Only Show. Let me just start by saying, guys, I'm so livid. I was recording with a guy yesterday, and we were having a great conversation. And right as we were in the middle of the conversation, I forgot to hit the recording button. Talk about embarrassment. Rookie mistake, of course, but I was so mad because we were so into the conversation that in my head I was like, man, I cannot wait till I edit this audio and post this episode. And shout out to this man for being patient with me and pretty much, you know, when I told him that I forgot to hit the recording button, he said, oh, no big deal, man. We'll act like nothing happened. So that's what we did recorded finally our session so shout out to him you know for for the patience man and and too bad our our first conversation did not record but we tried again and hopefully this one you'll enjoy so with that being said let me introduce you to this man he's been in the trucking industry for about 13 years uh man this guy he loves tacos, man. You jump on his TikTok and you see all the content, man. He's all about the tacos. He's all about the menudo. He's just one of those guys, man, that loves the Mexican culture. And, you know, we pretty much talk about tacos and his trucking life. And he also, like, tell us where he grew up and where he's from so let me introduce you guys to the juan and only el chivo Güero. welcome to the juan and only All right, round two. El Bueno Chivo, man. Welcome to my podcast. Que onda, mano? What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Um, uh, guess we'll have to restart over. Guys, man, I was having a conversation with uh, El Chivo Bueno, and we were in the middle of the conversation, and I totally forgot to hit the record button, but... But here we go again, man. El Huero Chivo, man. T t tell us your origin story. All right. Dense Mojave Valley, Arizona. I grew up in uh, not too far from Vegas. So I got a lot of ties to Las Vegas and stuff. But people always ask me, how do you come up? Why are you so interested in the Mexicana culture and all that? I got in big trouble in that little town I lived in. And I ended up going to the Pinta. This is in the 90s. And then after that, I, got, I was too proud to go live with my parents. So I moved to Phoenix. And I was on the street for a while. And I ended up in this barrio in Norte Phoenix called The Square. And it was a Paisano barrio. And I was pretty wild back then. I had that, that prison mentality. And <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of adventures I can't stand here, but... 
I'm very grateful I never went got caught and went back to prison, but I stayed around there for about another year or so. About almost two years until I finally had enough. I said, now I'm going to end up going back to, to the Pinta, so let's get out of here. I caught a free shuttle to Vegas. You know how they, they ship people, they give people free rides for the casinos. That way they can go gamble and stuff. Yeah. So I took advantage of one of those, and that's how I ended up in Vegas. And then uh, I got on my feet from there, but in Phoenix, before I left, I did do good for a little while. I was I was framing houses in North Phoenix, and I was always the only white boy on the crew, and it was like one white boy, one Chicano, and all the rest were Paisas. And that's how I caught the fire for the culture. And I made some pretty good friends, some carnales. And uh, took me in their homes and everything. So I've got experiences like that and on the, the almost getting in trouble side. So I, I'm pretty well versed in seeing all, all sides of that culture. And and I got love in my heart for it, you know. And, and when I went to Vegas, I... I was a tile setter and I learned some more Espanol over there. It's, it's a Mexican market over there, the flooring industry. And then I ended up marrying a, a gringa and I went off with the gringos for a while and I kind of lost, lost that fire and I was a gringo for a while and stuff. And uh white boy, whatever you want. I just, excuse me for saying gringo, but <laughs> and then the past couple of years ago, I cut the fire for it again and I, and some memories and historia and all that stuff. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, and now that now it's social media, so it's helped me get myself out there. And I've, I've met people all over the country, you know, strangers, people like think I'm local for why would you just pull up and meet a complete stranger? I've only had one bad experience. The rest of them, people have taken me in their homes, taken me out and bought me stuff, taken me out to, to mariscos, tacos, all kinds of comida. And uh, it's really been a pleasant experience. But yeah, there's no going back now. So I, I'm I'm in my neck up the culture, and I finally got me a Mexicana Pino over there in Riverside, California. So I'm all in now. There's no going back. Well, well, now that you have you know your content on TikTok, like people already know, like man, this this man, he's all about that Mexican culture. He likes those tacos, you know. I'm a I'm gonna invite him over and, and stuff like that. Like, have you actually met anyone? while you're on the road and, and they say, Hey, I know you, I know you from TikTok." Happens all the time, especially Dang. with truckers, like truck stops. I, I get, you know, I'll walk into the truck stop and after I go to pay for fuel or whatever, and I'll see someone looking at me crazy or like looking at me weird. And then when I walk out, that person will walk up to me. Hey, you're Chivo. You're the guy from TikTok, right? And I was like, yeah, but I, I do get that a, a lot. I just got it yesterday going across Idaho, a driver that a canal that lives out of, uh, in Oregon. And driving this way, we're talking on the CB and everything. But yeah, I do. I get that a lot, man. I think I, I think if I see you in person, man, I ain't gonna be like, "Hey, you're a chivo." I'll be like, "Hell no!" I'm gonna be like, "Orale way, el chivo bueno." <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the funniest one. Last summer, I was in Seattle, and it was the the ritzy part of town. And I was in a gas station, and you know, there's no mexicanos there. A group of construction guys come in, some Mexicanos. And I see him looking at me, One, a couple of the guys talking to his carnal. And uh, the guy keeps looking at me. And the other guys, they were like full-on paisa from Oaxaca. They didn't know zero English. Uh-huh. So the other guy, that he's like, hey, are you the you the guy from TikTok? And he's looking at, and I looked at him and I was trying to play dumb, you know, because I was I, I was dirty. I didn't, I didn't get a shower that night. He looked at his buddy and he's like, no, that's not him. Come on. He's like, yeah, it is. That's him. And he's all, say something in Spanish. And I said, que onda, way? And they all started laughing. They almost fell on the floor. That's him. That's him. 
<laughs> we all shake hands and stuff. But yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I get it all the time. Oh my goodness! How many followers do you got on TikTok? Hundred sixty thousand or something like that. Totals Mexicanos. I got oh, like very Mexicano. few rednecks on there. Dude. I probably got like a thousand white boys. The rest of them were all Mexicano, mostly wow. paisa. Out of um ten to a hundred percent, how much Spanish do you think you speak? I just scratched the surface. No habla muy poquito. I need mucho más practicado. You know, I I get corrected all the time with Mahaina over here in Riverside. She's starting to help me out a lot of a lot of with it. And, uh, she don't let me slide either. She corrects me. No bueno. I'm not gonna slow it down to you. I'll say it again. And she's she's hardcore with it, man. But I'm picking it up and picking it up. It really helped me when I don't have as much time as I used to. With the translator, I could decipher something. I'm better at reading, talking back and writing something than I am hearing it. Yeah. I get lost with the accent because Americanos, you know, they say it an American talking Spanish, Espanol says it one way, and then a paisa will say it backwards. And I get uh -huh. lost in that. Like you're supposed to say the correct Espanol the opposite way. I don't know if people understand what I'm trying to say, but but I get lost with that. Like I could talk Espanol, but it's like an American guy saying it. It's supposed to you're supposed to put the words the other way. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But the translator was really helping me out with that. I was learning like the rules, not just picking up words, but the rules of Espanol itself. You know, you put a word in front of it or behind it, it can make it mean something totally different. Yeah. And uh, and I didn't understand that before but whenever i use that translator and go by that's when i really pick it up i got busy and i i slacked off from that that's my excuse anyways I need to get back to that that's i was really picking it up fast now i just pick up a word or two you know you're trying to teach an old dog new tricks too you know it's it's not for me it's not easy learning something new but i ain't giving up on it i, I want to be fluent one day yeah absolutely i i hear you man i have an issue with my wife because you know she wants to learn spanish me on the other hand man man i have no patience man Maybe maybe your Heine could give me a little a little tips on on how how I can teach my wife Spanish. She's got the chocolate ready. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what I need to do. I seen, I, I seen a video on like this gal. She was trying to teach her man Spanish, and she literally had the chocolate on her hand, oh, <laughs> and she, she was asking him questions like like saying. Agarrame la ketchup del refri. And if he's like, you know, doing the wrong action that she asked him to do, she'll whoop his ass with that chancla, man. And, Damn it. Man, I, I think that's got to be the secret, man. You know how back in the day when our parents used to whoop our asses when we didn't get something right? I think that's that's the way to Discipline, right? Yeah, discipline. If you're a hardhead, discipline's the only way, I guess. That's 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 pretty crazy, man. From your route that you do, man, what what is, what is your your favorite taco shops, man? I I noticed you like love eating tacos. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro tacos. Don't forget the rice and beans on the plato. I like to eat, homie. Yo no estoy flaco. Yeah, I'm chubby, pero I'm still guapo. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro tacos. Don't forget the rice and beans on the plato. I like to eat, homie. Yo no estoy flaco. Yeah, I'm chubby, pero I'm still guapo. I'm not a taco, but I got the sauce. Even though my pants look like Santa Claus. Ponle guacamole, I don't care how much it costs. Taco trucks and taquerias. I like them both. It's hard to it's hard to say, man. You know, uh, taco trucks are easier for a trucker. You can park, usually park close by. They're usually four truckers or in a construction area. And it's a lot easier access to a taco truck. And most of the time, it's a pleasant experience. You know, I, I usually order... Uh, my favorite tacos are Pastor and Tripas Dorado. But they don't always cook them right. It's hit and miss sometimes with the taco truck. So carne asada is always the safe bet. But taquerias, I know right away when I go into one if it's authentic or not. You know, I... Because I... Cause I 
I won't, I won't make a TikTok if they're not. You know, I only put the authentic ones. I, but the taquerias, and if I find a good one, I'll keep going back. I, there's no reason to try to experiment, explore more. You know, and in the West, especially the Southwest, they're all over. It's easy. It gets harder to find the further east. Excuse me, the further northeast you go, it's it's more spread out with the authentic comida. Plus, you got other cultures. And you go further east, you got Puerto Ricans, Cubanos, Equatorianos, all that stuff on the east coast. And a lot of that stuff is really good. I want to experiment more of that, but but yo quiero mexicano, you know what I mean? I I want that authentic. Yeah. But but I, I would I don't know. I can't answer that question. I would. It's a toss-up between the taco trucks and the taquerias. Cause I'm a boss. Boss. Yo quiero más. That means more. More. Yo sabe chorizo en el pastor. Apastor. I'm trying to eat, homie. Close the door. Close the door. I said, please, por favor. Please. Let me eat in peace, ya vete. Vete. I grind hard, mojajete. Mojajete. Cuando te comiste, veinte. Damn. Con salsa roja y verde. Boss. Taco Tuesday's my favorite day. Favorite. That's the reason why I'm all away. All away. Pero I don't care, homie. Let them hate. Let I'm just trying to eat another plate. Another one. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro tacos. Don't forget the rice and beans on the plato. I like to eat, homie. Yo no estoy flaco. Yeah, I'm chubby, pero I'm still guapo. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro tacos. Don't forget the rice and beans on the plato. I like to eat, homie. Yo no estoy flaco. Yeah, I'm chubby, pero I'm still guapo. Let's say, let's just say you know the spots where they at. I, I, I know what you're saying about, you know, further east. Uh, when I went to Orlando, man, I was trying to find, you know, some good Mexican taquerias. But there were nowhere to be found, especially in Orlando, man. It's like a lot of Puerto Ricans and a lot of Cubans. But yeah. then, then again, I don't know. I don't know their cultures, man. I don't know their dishes. I don't know what's good or what I'm going to like. I mean, I, I love food. You know, but maybe guess next time when I go to Orlando, I'm gonna have to do some research on, on their, they call them, we call them platillos, like their their plates, their their dish, their dish, and uh, maybe try to order something. Heck, but it's it's kind of tough uh, for me to find something down east. Can't find anything, and you know when we travel, we're alongside the interstate, man. My wife drives, and I'm always looking on my phone, taquerias or panaderias or taquerias. And dude, it's kind of hard to find anything. That's I look at my phone too. People ask me, how do I find all these places? Google maps. You just type it all up. Yeah. Carnicerias. I really like carnicerias because that's almost as good as a taqueria because you, you could go in there. You could get the chicharrones. You could get the salsa verde. Plus, most of the time, they have a little taqueria inside there too. They make tacos. Uh-huh. And it's fresh. It's right out of a butcher shop. So you know you they got the good stuff, you know what I mean? So I really like I really like meat markets. Carnicerias. We have a carniceria St. Louis. It's nasty, man. Everything, <laughs> everything in St. Louis. Let me tell you, man, I hit up about four to five taquerias in St. Louis, and none of them hit the spot. Except for one. There was one taqueria that is alongside of 44 and highway 141 the the cook the cook is from jalisco and you know i'm used to the the jalisco cook because i mean my mom is from jalisco and i order a a torta de carnitas and oh man 
from the moment, from the moment, okay, because I order agua fresca de mango. You, you like agua frescas? Oh, yeah. Peña. Mine, mine is uh, um, horchata or mango. And I order, I order the agua fresca de mango. And from the moment I took that sip, man, I was like, dude, this is homemade. This is made from scratch. Yeah, this food is going to be good. So I got my torta de carnitas and dude, man, it was like, I think I hit the spot. I am going to go back again on Monday. Got to, you know, give my wife her Valentine dinner kind of deal, date. And I'm going to order something different, man. And I'm going to take a video and I'm going to send it to you. Send it to me. You know where to go in St. Louis? Cherokee where? Street. Little Mexico is off of Cherokee Street. Look up Cherokee Street in St. Louis. It's right by the Budweiser Brewery. If you're in that part of town, 44, Cherokee Street is like a mile off that, a half mile or something. Right where the, right where it turns, I-44 from the Budweiser plant, you start going towards Rolla, Rolla. It's right there at that curb. You get off the freeway and, and go southeast, and it's, you'll run into Cherokee Street. And there's like carnicerias. I keep saying carnicerias. Thanks for letting me hear you say that. Yeah, you're Carnic welcome. Carnicerias. Car Carnicería. Carnicerias. There you go. And there's a, there's a couple taquerias. There's even Mexicano Barbershop, a place where they sell botas, all kinds of – it's the Little Mexico off of Cherokee Street. Look it up. And you okay. won't go wrong. Everything's authentic. No, no, no. I know exactly where you're talking about. Uh, my parents and I, we went there when they were going to meet uh, my in-laws. They went to, we went to St. Louis. We weren't living here at the time, but we went to St. Louis and we went to this big carniceria. There were also, yeah, I noticed a little joints. I also noticed the panaderias that were across the street. The, yeah. carni the carniceria was right there. And then literally next door was a taqueria. It was it had like a little patio outside, right? You remember correctly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I and there's even another one on the next block. There's like two or three. Okay. It's pretty good. I'm a, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try them, man. But the ones I tried are over there by the casinos. You know, the airport a little bit down south of St. Louis, and nah, man, just just didn't hit the spot, man. But this one that I tried last time, I was like, oh, this is the spot. I'm gonna go there till the food starts tasting nasty and maybe <laughs> I have to find a different place. Maybe I'll go ahead up Cherokee street with, with your trucking job, man. Like I've noticed a while. I haven't noticed anything lately, but I don't know. There's been a bunch of people, like a bunch of commotion going on, on, on trucking and diesel prices and nowhere to park. What, what is your opinion on that? You encounter any of those things? Trucking's under attack right now. You know, you got the government. They, ever, they just want to keep making more and more rules. It's about money is what it's about. You know, the bigger companies are actually making rules for DOT and FMCSA themselves to get to gain favor with them. E-logs and a lot of these other rules all came from trucking companies. They're the ones that invented the e-logs and all this stuff. So it's like the industry is eating itself. In, in my opinion. And you got, I was killing it pulling reefer before the Russian thing. And then after the Russian thing, the, the rates dropped. The price of fuel went way up. And the brokers, they won't budge. They know they got us over a barrel right now. The price of diesel is getting better. The fuel is getting, it's, it's getting a lot better. You know, it's still going to take a little bit of time to where it was. But at least we're, we're getting help with that. But the rates are still crappy. It's not a good time to be an owner-operator right now. 
I'm not an owner operator. I work for one, but I'm mindful of the fuel and everything. You know, I, I, I treat it like the, I'm an owner operator. People thinking about getting their own truck right now. I'd still wait. I'll wait till at least summertime. Yeah. So at least, uh, yeah, I'd wait till at least about the middle of summer. It should be back to normal and, and then go for it. But now's not a good time to be an owner operator. These bigger companies can get away with it because they got contracts, you know, Walmarts, Target, all these food places, uh, Kroger, all these things, and they could survive. Heck, they'll even help oppress the industry just to get rid of the some of the – that's what it seems like anyways. I don't want to be a conspiracy, conspiracy guy, mm-hmm. but it almost seems like they, 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 they smell the blood, so they want to knock out all the competition they can. That's just the way it seems. I don't know if that's really how it is, but, but trucking isn't the best right now. And the parking – the public, so like this little town, going through Kansas the other night, running us all off. There's no parking, no truck stops. Okay, so if it's a law, if it's a rule, okay, so it's the so it's a city ordinance, but they don't have to enforce it. You know, let the trucker slide. Obviously, he's he's got an appointment in town somewhere for the next morning. You see him parked there, not not in anyone's way or anything on a little side road. Let him sleep. Why wake him up? How's that making the public safer? Yeah. Keeping a trucker up all night. All the money, the revenue that comes in from all these fuel taxes and everything. I'm not rocket scientist. I don't know exactly where all the money goes to that. But you would think that they would put some money in into more parking for truckers. And uh, especially, you know, a lot of the country is trucker friendly. The Mid-South, Missouri is nice. Tennessee, Kentucky, the Dirty South, even the upper Midwest, like Ohio. Even Illinois, there's signs that say no parking on the on-ramps. But they don't enforce it, you know, unless there's like 10 trucks there, you know, it becomes a danger of people trying to get on. You know, most places are pretty cool, but there's there's a lot of pockets. Kansas, the own state, the very state I work in is one of them. They are not trucker friendly. They could do better <laughs> and, and treat the truckers. Truckers bring everything. We bring toilet paper. Everyone's got to wipe their behind. Yeah. Everyone's got to eat eggs, milk, building materials for your house. Pretty much everything comes from a truck. So why would you want to oppress that? We're the backbone of America, but they want to make more rules to make it safer. I mean, but I don't know. It, it gets frustrating. And I'm not, uh, I'm not Mr. Rocket Scientist to figure it all that. I don't have all the answers, yeah. but it, it could, it could be done a lot better. There's, there's some things out there that could help a lot of truckers a lot better right now. But you're but, definitely out there doing your thing, man. And not worrying about the rest. Yes, sir. And Man, I, I I believe you when you say that you're mindful about, you know, the fuel and taking good care of the truck, man. I've seen some pretty messed up trucks out there, man. I'm like, holy crap. Ho- hopefully this that's not the company's truck. One thing, man, I don't know. I don't know if you do this or not, man. Maybe I'm calling you out. You know, I work for UPS and whenever I'm running on 44, trying to get back to the center, the terminal, whatever you want to call it. Truckers are passing me, man. You know, I look to my left. Dude, they're on their phone as they're driving that big-ass rig. I'm like, dude, man, one little mistake, man. It's game over for me and you and whoever's in front of you or behind us, man. Like, it's it's, it's nuts. Passing Rolla, going towards Springfield. You know how you got the – you mentioned you got the big hills and stuff like that, yeah. you know? When people go up the hills, the truckers, yeah, I definitely I – bet, I bet that's like their, their point to be like, oh, let me jump on my phone while I climb this hill. And they're just probably scrolling through social media. It's it's crazy to see that, man. It's pretty scary. Even though, I mean, although our company, you know, tell us to stay away from our devices, any distractions. 
and keep our both hands in the wheel. You know, uh, I'm not perfect. You know, you can be smart about it. Wait till you're down the road. No one's around you. You know, that's one thing. You're keeping it down. Check a message real quick or something. You know, there's things you got to do out here, you know. Yeah. Some things you don't have to do, but you do anyways. But be be smart about it. Yeah, there's some bedejos out there, man. Uh-huh. And I know exactly what you mean with their foot on the dash. They got their foot on the dash like this. Ah, oh, dude. You know, talking on the phone. Yeah, it's like, dude, it, it, trust me, I know what you're talking about. I mean, they, they get way crazy with it. And that, that gives us a bad name. But still, I still don't think that's a reason for it. You know, like uh, I made a video the other day on that parking video in Kansas complaining about the lack of parking. And I got a lot of feedback. Well, it's, it's our fault, the trucker's fault, because all the pee bottles. And all the trash everyone throws. They don't. No wonder they want truckers there. Well, that's true. They got a good point. But still, I I have a different perspective. Okay, yeah, let us regulate that. But make parking and put a freaking dumpster next to it. Put some trash cans out there. Yeah. Instead of saying no trucks allowed. Okay, you guys are pigs. No trucks. You're out of here. How about instead of that, you make a place for the trucks and put a couple trash cans out there. And give us an opportunity not to be pigs. You know what I mean? I don't understand truckers that, and they think, be, instead of thinking the way I do, they, they go along with the way the government thinks or some of the public thinks. It's like, yeah, truckers are pigs, blah, blah, blah. No, no, that's not that's not my perspective on it. It's a truck. We don't have a bathroom. It's the yeah. canton. The canton. There's no bathroom. There's no trash can. You know, yeah, I got a little bag. Most of my trash goes right there on the floor. When I hit a truck stop, I throw it in the dumpster. You know, most of the time I got a little trash bag to put it in. But it's not like it's a house, a full-on house where we have garbage disposals, a bathroom, this and that. You know, that they could be a little bit more more patient. But it's like they're they're making rules. They're just getting stricter and stricter and stricter. And some of these little towns are getting stricter and stricter with trucks too. And I think it needs to be just the opposite. They need to lighten up. But that's just my perspective. Man, no, I understand, man. Like you said, you're the backbone of the country, man. You're bringing in all this this supplies, man. I feel like some of our fellow Americans, man, they're they're holding truckers for granted. It's it's gonna get to that point, you know. And as far as uh, everyone always threatens to shut it down, the truckers they will never come together to shut it down to show the country, hey, we are the backbone. You need to treat us better to stand up for. It. The only way that's gonna happen is is if they unionize, form a union. Because the company drivers, owner-operators will do it, but the company drivers will never do it. Maybe one or two, and then they'll get fired. The only way you need the company drivers, because that's the, the vast majority of truckers out here, to join in on that. The only way that that's going to ever happen is, is if they form a union. Now, these big companies, you mentioned the word union, they will fire you on the spot. I remember being a rookie. I started with U.S. Express, and I had to sign something saying, if you, you will not join a union or even mention the word union, or you will be terminated. You had to sign on it. So they're afraid of that because they know that's the only way that that, that we'll ever get together, company drivers and, and owner-operators. And you get conservatives, Republicans, and I'm independent. I would, I'd lean the Republican. They think union is a dirty word because they usually vote Democrats. So they're like enemies to the, to the union. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, there could be union just for truckers. It doesn't have to have any politics involved in it at all. It's yeah. just something for the truckers. But that's going to be the only way for it to ever shut down if it gets bad enough to reverse. Because trucking, I mean, they're, they're sucking the fun out of it, the freedom. A lot of people did it for the lifestyle, for the freedom. And I do my best to, to still live like that. It's like you got to be an outlaw to, to live like that. You know what I mean? And really, I'm not doing anything bad. 
it's just they make the law so strict and everything you get i don't know i'm not gonna just punch my name in a thing on the clock you know and, and if i'm gonna do that i might as well just go get an office job and not exactly. be in a truck man anyways thanks for letting me go off <laughs> yeah no man that's that's perfect do you, you remember back in the day a couple of years back that young young gentleman the one that crashed in colorado because his brakes ran off Yes, the Puerto Rican. Dude, I was watching some of them comments, man, and it it was like so damn negative. It was like, like yeah, the dude should have used the ramp, and you know, this. What is your opinion on that? What, what if that was you? What would you have done? There's an old song. The guy that sings six days on the road, I'm going to make it home tonight." One of those old classic country songs, and the name of the song is "Phantom 309," and it's a story about a trucker who was driving late at, or in the morning or something. And a school bus went out of control, coming at him head on. It was a school bus full of kids. So he's going over bridge. He took himself over the bridge and killed himself on purpose to avoid hitting the bus and killing all the kids. What was that guy's name? Charlie? Or I don't know. I forget his name. I forget his name. I would like to think that I would do something like that, but I'm also older. When yeah. I was his age, he was he's a young kid. What is he, 23 or something like that? He was really he, young. Yeah, he was really young. In my 20s, self-preservation would have came to my mind. And I wanted, you don't think that you're going to kill someone at the end of the day. You know, I'm going to end up killing someone. I better do this. That's the furthest thing from your mind. You know, you're just trying to stay out of trouble and go down the mountain. So there's a dis different perspective when he's young. So I'm, I'm empathetic with that. Could he have done a lot of things different? Yeah. He, he, he effed up. Roger's his name. Roger mm -hmm. messed up. But at the end of the day, he wasn't a murderer. It was an accident. No matter what he did or didn't do. It was an accident at the end of the day. There were lives lost, okay? So there needs to be something for the loss of life for the families, okay? Give them some time. But they tried to give them pretty much a life sentence or whatever. Something, some crazy, what, 99 years? And that's something for capital murder. That wasn't murder. It was an accident. Exactly. So, so give them manslaughter. So three, three people died. Three counts of manslaughter. What is that, 10 years apiece? Mm -hmm. Run it concurrent. So that'd be 10 years. Consecutive would be 30 years. Concurrent would be, you run them all the same, would be 10 years. 10 years would have been a, a good enough punishment, I thought, for what happened with the loss of life. Roger did mess up that day. He, he, he could have done a lot of things different. At the same time, uh, I think it needs to be said, this is a big boy career out here. You got to remember, there's things, at the end of the day, you could go to the Pinta. There's a lot of responsibility and accountability in driving a truck. Accidents happen. Shit happens every day out here. We need, there has to be some kind of responsibility. So for him to get off scot-free, I don't agree with that. And I've been in the Pinta. I don't want to see anyone go. You know, I fight, I was fighting for him, wanting to get out of it. But there was lots of life, so he had to get something. I And I think that's exactly what they did when they overturned it. Didn't they give yeah. him 10 years? Yeah. So it worked out. And the people, everyone's standing up like that, La Raza and all the other Latinos. That really helped. That that was a loud voice, and everyone was together. You know, if we can, someone like me, my goal with this whole thing, it wasn't my original goal, but it's a goal. If I could be the buffer between rednecks, La Raza, African Americans, people like me, I'm trying to. If I could be an example for everyone, then something like that. How how the Latinos all got together, and that sense got overturned because of it. If we could all step up, no matter what race. Or if it's a white boy, or if it's a black dude, or or a Punjabi, a, t a, a Indian from India, mm -hmm. you know, then <laughs> I almost said the T word. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, to bring us all together, 
I don't know. Like I said, it would have to be something in the form of a union. I don't know. But I, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can here to be the buffer between everyone. That was a beautiful thing, seeing everyone come together, all the yeah. Latinos on the side, and seeing that sentence overturned. Heck yeah. It's, it's really hard, man. Like, you know, having unity. We just need to get over this whole race and, you know, just, just become one, man. It's a real, real tough world out there. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's pretty hard, man. I'm sure you got to rest up for what tomorrow. State, what state has the best tacos? What state has the best tacos? It's a it's a battle between California and Texas. Right now, California, I mean, and they have a lot. The population, you know, the L.A. area, Central California, and they take a lot of pride in their taco trucks. Texas is a close second, but I still haven't been down to the Rio Grande Valley RGB yet to explore the tacos down there. So te Tejas still has an ace in the hole. But right now, California has the best tacos out there. California. Uh, last time I went to <laughs> Texas, man, I need to stay away from from the Riverwalk because <laughs> I don't like the Mexican food there. I'd rather go outside the Riverwalk. Uh, I had a bad experience there with the servers. None of them want to speak Spanish, man. If I'm going to a Mexican restaurant, I'm going to use my language, the my first language that I grew up with. I have been ordering my food, you know, saying, oh, me puedes dar esto el otro, you know, and and the server is just like writing it down and talking to me back in English. I'm like, what? I thought I was in Texas. Texas is supposed to be like the, the Mexican capital here or something. Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex, yeah. Yo vivo in San Antonio, 15 años. And Tex-Mex is totally different. And they got some good stuff, but it's all flour tortilla. They bring you flour tortillas, no maize. You got to go further south for that. You get closer to the La Frontera, Laredo, RGB, El Paso, Oeste Tejas. Well, that's not so true. You get up Benzin Odessa, they start doing the flour tortillas again and stuff. But yeah, Tex-Mex, that's a whole different ballgame. And you say carne asada to a Tex-Mex, they think you you mean carne guisada. No, carne asada. And they bring out the, you know, like the beef tips with chili gravy. And it's good. It is good, but it's not carne asada. So, yeah, it's different. Tex-Mex yeah. is definitely different. It's not authentic. It, but is, it is different. Dude, like, I, know, I know what you mean about the river walk. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I love the river walk, though. Don't get me wrong. I love the river walk. Last no, yeah, two years when we went, uh, there were, since of COVID, they were not running the, the taxi boats. Tell me how stupid this is. They were not running the taxi boats, but they were running the tour buses, the tour boats. What sense does that make? I was so damn frustrated and I was mad because, you know, I wanted to take my kids because my wife and I, we had our honeymoon in San Antonio. And I was like, well, let's take the kids now because, I mean, we experienced this and something the kids would enjoy, you know, a boat ride. Nope. They were not operating at that moment. I am making plans to go to San Antonio this October. You ever been to Hondo, Texas? Yes. They That's got where the bandidos are originally from. The bandidos. I've heard of them. That's where they're originally from, Hondo, the first bandidos. The biker make... club. That's they... what I've been told anyways, yeah. Oh, oh, no. I was thinking of uh, some, un grupo de musica for some reason. Oh, in Hondo, Tejas? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. So, so it is Los Bandidos? No, 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 no. That's where the the Bandidos. Never mind. I got off subject. 
But that's where the Banditos started at. Down in that area, Casterville, Texas, and Hondo, Texas. In that area, that's where the Banditos originally started. That just that's neither here or there. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're good. But uh they have like this pumpkin patch in Hondo, Texas, man. I I fell in love with it, man, because Ever since I'm up here in the north, man, I cannot find good barbecue. And when I went down to Texas, Hondo, Texas, dude, it was like oh, good good barbecue to me, man, down in the south. So my plan is this October go again to Hondo, Texas, go to the pumpkin patch, you know, where they do like uh, conciertos, like mini conciertos, not like famous people, but, you know, people that, that want to go out there and sing. Hopefully they are running water taxis at Riverwalk. I guess I'm gonna find yeah. out. But before before I even make a move on trying to travel down there, I'm gonna find out first if they're running those damn taxi boats. If not, I'm not going, man. <laughs> Gets me mad. The trick to San Antonio, don't go don't go get the Tex Mex, get the barbecue. There's so many barbecue places around San Antonio. I mean, really good, man. Really barbecue, good places. Yeah. And there's some authentic comida around there too. You just gotta, you gotta know where to look. All right, man. Well, we're running out of time, man, and I, I'm sure you gotta you gotta rest up, man. You want to tell the people where can we connect with you? On TikTok, El Chivo Wedo and uh, El Chivo Wedo. I don't know. But anyway, muchas gracias, La Raza, para cultura mexicano, and uh, it's been a pleasant experience. And what a suerte, Carnal. Thank you very much for for the interview. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you replying to my messages, man. Uh, it's really awesome to talk to new people and and just thank you for being on my podcast. Nada. I'll see you, man. Yeah, be safe out there. Peace out. Can I get a moment of your time to get a couple things off my mind? A couple things off my chest, weight off my shoulder. Can I get a moment of your time to get a couple things off my mind? A couple things off my chest, weight off my shoulder.